This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message, Already in Progress. Well, greetings everybody. Now it's time for the Word of God. But before we get into the Word of God, I'd just like to to pray. Won't you join me in prayer? Father God, we thank you so much again for this opportunity that we have to dive into your word. Father, we pray that you would open our eyes that we might see wondrous things out of your law. Father, I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ would make himself real in our hearts. Father, for those that don't know you, I pray that they would come to know Jesus Christ and the pardoning of their sins today. Today is the day of salvation. Father, for those of us who already know you as our Savior and Lord, Father, I pray that we would take opportunity to dive deep into your word, to listen to your voice, and to obey your word today. Father, I pray that both of us would see Jesus, those that don't know you and those that do. And Father, as we see Jesus, I pray that we would put all of our faith and trust in him. And as we put our faith and trust in him, Father, save us. Deliver us from our circumstances and from ourselves. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen, amen, and amen. Well, today is going to be a different kind of message, y'all. It's going to be a testimonial message about some things that have been on my mind. I'm titling this, I'm Just Saying. A testimonial uh, message or sermon about things that have been on my mind. And I want to talk about three things today. I want to talk about leadership. I want to talk about balance, and I want to talk about the body of Christ. Leadership, balance, and the body of Christ. First of all, I want to talk about leadership just for a minute. Uh, the passage that I'm referencing is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, and it reads, The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. And then he says, Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Men and women, this this passage of Scripture has convicted me with the changing of leadership in our nation, with the change in leadership we have to have in in business, in the church, uh, in local government, in in the family because of the pandemic, because we have to do things virtual, because we have to social distance, because we have to learn Zoom. Uh, all of those things, leadership has changed. Has changed. It will never be the same. Church will never be the same. The way we do things will never be the same. And it requires good leadership. And I was thinking about leadership as we were in the book of First Peter during our Bible study this Wednesday. I was thinking about leadership. 
And there are three things that serve as the foundation for leadership, whether you are in the highest level of leadership or you're just leading in your home. Men and women, these things need to be in place. And when these things are not in place or we do them poorly, bad leadership results in bad living. Let me say that again. Bad leadership results in bad living. In this passage, Peter is telling his readers, Listen, I'm an elder just like you are. And I have been a witness of the sufferings of Christ. I was a companion of His. And I shepherd the flock the same way you do. But then in verse 2, he transitions into giving these three principles. Principle number one is found in verse 2. Verse 2 says, Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Men and women, this is the principle of character. A good leader has to have good character. You'll notice in the verse he says, uh, Shepherd the flock that is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but serving willingly. And then he goes on and says, Not by for dishonest gain, but eagerly. That's all about character. Character says that you can trust me. Good character says that, that leaders say about, uh, followers say about their leaders, I can trust him or I can trust her because they have good character. And men and women, we need leaders that we can trust. Now, verse uh, 3 gives the second category of leadership. It says, Nor is being Lord over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And I'd like you to see that last phrase, being examples to the flock. It says, don't be lords over them. Don't just say what you're, what's, what they're supposed to do. Be an example of it. And men and women, don't we need leaders who are examples? We need leaders who will not just talk leadership, but leaders who will do leadership and perform, and leaders who will function at the highest level of leadership. One of the things that I like about good leaders is that good leaders will never ask their followers to do anything that they are not willing to do or that they have not already done. Let me say that again. Good leaders are leaders who who their flocks know either are willing to do. They will never ask their flock anything that they are not willing to do or they have not already done themselves. They don't just talk about functioning. They don't just talk about service. They actually do it. And so the first area is character. The second area is conduct. How do I live my life in front of those that I lead? And then thirdly, it is competency. Notice down at verse 4, it says, And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Look at that phrase. It says, when the chief shepherd appears, you're going to receive a crown. You're going to receive a crown of glory. Now, men and women, nobody ever receives a crown for doing a bad job. You receive a a crown because you've done a good job. You receive a crown because you've been faithful. You receive a crown because not only have you done the work, but you've done the work well and you've been committed to excellence. Men and women, good leaders have these three core values that they are men and women of character, 
that they are men and women of good conduct and that they are men and women who can get the job done. Men and women, it is great that your leader is a nice person. It's great that you like their personality. It's great that you get along with your leader and and, and, and they are above reproach and, and have good conduct. But your leader needs to know how to do the job. It's not enough just to be a nice poison. You have to do the work and you need to do it well. Men and women, uh, sports coaches get fired all the time for not getting the job done. They could be the nicest guys or gals in the world. But if you don't get the job done, then you're not leading well. So I've been thinking about in my own life, uh, do I have good character? Do I have good conduct? Do people see me and say, well, well, Pastor Mike does what he's supposed to do. Am I competent? Am I doing a good job as a pastor in my ministry? And I've also thought about it as we need to begin developing leaders here in the church. Do we develop leaders of good character? Are we developing leaders of good conduct? Are we developing leaders who are not only nice men and women, but men and women who know how to get the job done? So I've just been thinking about that, and I think that we need to be committed to that. We need to tell our sons and daughters, you need to be a person of character. You need to be a person of good conduct. And you need to be a person of competency, a person of excellence. We need to instill that in everything that we do. We need to glorify God with our good character. We need to glorify God with our good conduct. And we need to glorify God with our, our competency, our commitment to excellence. Well, I've also been thinking a little bit about balance. I've been thinking about balance because uh, of late I've been living out of balance. Many of you know that I'm the character coach over at Birmingham Southern's men's basketball program. I took on the task as well of being the both the boys varsity basketball coach at Restoration Academy and the girls basketball coach at Restoration Academy. And this past week, uh, my personal, physical, and emotional capacity had reached its limit. I knew that I was out of balance. I knew that, that, that I couldn't do any more. We had a basketball game Tuesday night. I got uh, text messages late later Tuesday night or on into Wednesday morning asking if we were going to have practice Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. In about a week and a half, two weeks, we have a uh, tournament basketball game. Well, I, I was feeling guilty. We need to practice. Uh, we want to do well in the tournament. I was guilty that, that I said we'll take the day off Wednesday. I was guilty when I said we'd take the day off Thursday. I was guilty when I said we'd take the day off Friday. I was supposed to open the, the doors of the gym and have open gym on Saturday morning. But about Wednesday, I thought I just don't have the capacity. I don't have the personal, the physical, the emotional capacity to keep on going. I need to rest. So from coaching, I took off Wednesday, I took off Thursday, Friday, I didn't have practice on Saturday, I uh, rested in uh, today, which is Saturday evening, I rested up till midday, I didn't get out of the bed till almost noon, and boy do I feel refreshed, I just feel refreshed, and so I could be talking to others who are out of balance, you're just exhausted. Well, let me read these passages of Scripture to you 
the passage is in Acts chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 4. It says, Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Now the situation has arisen in the early church that the Greek widows or the Hellenist widows were being uh, neglected in the daily distribution of of goods, of, of, of welfare, of of, of goods, of support. And so uh, there arose a complaint to the apostles. Apostles, our widows are being neglected. What's going on? And it's inferred in the passage that the people wanted the apostles to do something about it, uh, to add that to their list of duties. Well, you need to be serving them. You'll notice in the passage, especially in verse 2, it says, They summoned the twelve, the multitude, they summoned the multitude of, uh, of disciples, and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Well, the first thing about balance is the ability to say no to some good things. Men and women, I, I, I lack the ability a lot of times to say no to some very good things, some things that I enjoy. But listen, good things can be the enemy of the best. And say knowing, saying no to some good things is imperative. It creates boundaries. And many of us, it is difficult for us to say no. We want people to like us, so we say yes to everything. And that is not creating the kind of boundaries that will give you balance. But not only do you say no to some things, you say to some good things, you say yes to the best things. Notice what the apostles said. It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. And then you jump down to verse 4. It says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They said no to some good things. Serving tables and serving the Greek widows would have been a good thing. But they, they said no to that. But they said yes to the best thing. The best thing for the apostles to do was to have the ministry of prayer, the continual ministry of prayer, and the ministry of the Word. And so I've been thinking about balance. I've been thinking about all that's going on in our world. I've been thinking about you as church members. I've been thinking about what's going on in your lives. And let me, can I free you up just for a minute? You do not have to solve every problem. You do not have to iron out every crease. And you do not have to solve every question. Men and women, I think that many of us during this pan pandemic have all these, these, these concerns, all of these circumstances, all these issues going on in our lives, and the pandemic has just compounded and, and uh, exaggerated all the things. It amplifies everything that's going on in our lives. And we can get out of balance trying to solve every issue. Men and women, I want to give you the freedom to rest. I want to give you the freedom to say no to some good things. I want to give you the freedom to say yes to the things that bless you. 
I want to give you the freedom to say yes, to rest and to replenish, to rejuvenate and to have a personal retreat from all the issues of the world. I want to give you a free pass, a free pass not to attend every single meeting. But men and women, we need to have balance in our lives. Let me read a uh, quote that really blessed me. It comes from uh, Pastor Keith Battle. And it says, If you cannot decrease your workload, then you must increase your recovery. And men and women, what he's saying there is this. Some of you can't decrease your workload. Some of you can't say no to some things. Some of you have to get some things done. But if you have to get it done, when it's over with, Give yourself the freedom to take as long as you need to build yourself back up. And so men and women, I've been thinking about leadership. I've been thinking about balance. But I've also been thinking about the body of Christ. I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about our time away from in-person worship and how we haven't seen one another. I've been thinking about how uh, if you're away from fellowship too long... Then, then there can be a void and, and Satan has a, a toehold. He has a, a, an, a, uh, uh, an avenue into our lives because the Word of God says that Satan prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And men and women, one thing that I've learned about roaring lions is that lions roar because they can no longer chase their, their prey. Let me say that again. Lions roar because they can no longer chase their prey. They roar because they want to scare them. They roar uh, in the direction of those animals that are isolated, who are not with the flock or are not with the herd. They roar to make them afraid. And men and women, my, my thoughts and, and, and my concern is that because we've been away, and some are missing fellowship via Zoom or you're missing the fellowship via conference call. You're not attending Sunday school. You're, 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 you don't have connection with other church members. It, it, it really concerns me because it is so important for us to, to be involved with one another. Look at these passages about it. It says in John 13... A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so, men and women, there's this love. You, you can't love at a distance. We love by being in connection, by being in contact with one another. Notice what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So, he says that we need to do good to everybody, but especially those who are of the household of faith. What he's saying is that we're a faith family. We're, we're a household of faith. And we need to be in, in, in touch with our brothers, with our sisters in the faith, with our mothers and our fathers in the faith. It is important that we are connected. Just like in your blood families, we need to be connected. Well, in our spiritual families, we need to be connected as well. 
But not only that, look down at Proverbs 27:17. It says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Men and women, we had men's prayer breakfast via a conference call yesterday. What a wonderful time we had. We got a chance to hear from Deacon Rick McKellen, who has been away from Birmingham on, on duty with the military for about 14 months. But it was awesome to reconnect with Deacon Rick McKellen and to hear his testimony and to hear his zeal and his passion for the Lord Jesus Christ and his faith and the ministry that he had while he was away with other soldiers. It was exciting to hear from, from Emmanuel Smith as uh, he shared his testimony of, of, of being hospitalized and being in critical care and, and how the Lord brought him through and how thankful he was for a faith family that prayed for him and, 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 and was rooting for him. And, and it was so encouraging to hear, I needed the fellowship. I need to be here to pray. I need to be with, with, with my brothers in Christ. It was so encouraging to hear Elder Marvin Smiley share some personal things about some ailments and physical health issues that he is having and, and, and him saying at the end of our time, men, you don't know what this means to me. Boy, it, I, I just need this kind of fellowship every single day. Well, men and women, that is what Jesus intended for, for, for the church. That is what Jesus intended for the faith family. And when Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, he paid the penalty for our sins individually. But he said on the rock that he is our Savior, upon this rock that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, upon this rock he will build his church. A church filled with baptized believers. A church filled with people who will love and trust Jesus Christ. A church filled with people who, who, who know that, that, he, that, that God knows the plans that He has for us. Plans for welfare and not calamity to give us a future and a hope. He knows that He's building this church of people who will be concerned about one another. And that's why he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. He knows that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And so men and women, I want to exhort you, if you belong to this church, belong to this church. Be in touch with fellow church members. Love them. Encourage them. And I guarantee you, when you love them and encourage them, they will love you and encourage you in your time of need as well. We've seen it for 25 years. Now those, those of you under the sound of my voice who are not members of churches, you're not a member of church. Maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you that yes, the church gets a lot of bad press. But what you don't hear is when people are loved on. What you don't hear is the way people are served. What you don't hear is, is, is how the church comes to people's aid. What you don't hear is how uh, the church is there when people are mourning. And what you don't hear is that Jesus Christ's church, His church, His bought church, is a church that He loves. And so I want to encourage you. 
I want to encourage you first of all to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then secondly, I want to encourage you to be a vital church member where you're getting in the lives of other people and you're allowing other people to get into your life as well. Listen, in the time of trouble, God will hide you. And one of the places where He hides you is in His church so that you might receive help, hope, and healing. Let's pray. Father God, we do love You today and we thank You. If there is someone under the sound of my voice that has never received the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, but they want to today, I pray that they would simply pray, Lord Jesus, I need You. Thank You for dying on the cross for my sins. I now open the door of my life and receive You as my Savior and Lord. Thank You for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life and make me the kind of person You want me to be. Lord, save me. Lord, make you make me Yours. In Jesus' name, won't You say Amen, Amen, Amen. I'm just saying, things I've been thinking about with regard to leadership, balance, and the body of Christ. I hope you think about those things as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. We are hard and